Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Okay, so today we're talking about why using the RPE and RIR scales are horrible advice for most exercisers. And when I say we, that means I brought in Caleb Disney. He's one of our resident coaches uh, here at Red Dot Fitness, been with us for several years. He is a bodybuilder and certified strength and conditioning coach. Uh, we've also got Jeff Cheneau, a longtime coach here at Red Dot Fitness and longtime coach in the industry who will lend his own piece uh, to the R- R- sorry, sorry, RIR and RPE game. Um, we're going to start by unpacking the benefits, actually, of using these two methods for fatigue management because they can be very effective. But then we're going to also spend some time explaining why. For novice to even the intermediate level exerciser, why using RIR or RPE in your programming could be a poor approach to managing and leveraging intensity within your program, intensity being important with regard to your gains. So we're going to then talk about the nuance you can learn and be exposed to by having a more periodized, organized, and closely monitored program. Whether you're doing it by yourself or you've got a coach doing it, uh, these things can be very helpful with regard to the RAR and RPE components. And then again, how it all plays in to utilizing these components effectively and efficiently to gain the results that you're looking for. There's going to be a lot of info here. And if it feels like a lot, that's that's OK. Don't worry about it. We've actually provided another uh, cool video on both the Iron Sights and Red Dot Fitness YouTube channels. It's titled Intensity and Max Effort, RPE and RIR explained. And we get into a little bit more detail. Uh, There's some demonstration there. And uh, so pop on over there, check that out. If you want a little bit more insight, a little bit more info, it's free. And uh, we'd love your feedback there. So like and subscribe there and uh, leave some comments and questions if you've got them. And as always, if you want to find out more about the programming that we have here, that could be our standalone programs, our membership programs, or our one-on-one coaching programs online, go to rdftrainonline.com. That's rdftrainonline.com. All right. So let's talk about why reps in reserve and RPE or rate of perceived exertion, rate of perceived exertion is horrible advice for you. If you're just getting into the resistance training or the fitness game. So here's the deal. So what is RIR or reps in reserve? Reps in reserve refers to the uh, proximity to failure you terminate your set at, or really when you finish your set, how many more reps could you have done in theory if you had continued? So if I painted the picture to total failure, right, right. Total failure. That means unable to complete another repetition, which has some relativity to it, like based on the user. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll, exercise. We'll talk Mm -hmm. about that. So if I was supposed to do 10 reps with one RIR, then that would be, I needed to get to 10, mm-hmm. but I should be able to get to 11. Yes. In theory, you would have been able to do one more. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's, that could be very confusing for somebody that's just kind of getting started in this sure. game, but we'll come back. Sure. Yeah. Cause I right. don't know. Right. And then RPE is a rate of perceived exertion. Mm-hmm. And so if we very simply used a scale of one to 10, and I actually like using a scale of one to five. Okay. Short, yeah, it's 
Because 10 leaves way too much in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a six or a seven. Yeah, I don't even know what that so means. Much. So if I said uh, RPE scale of one to five, one feels like you're doing nothing. You're sitting on the couch being a lazy ass, mm-hmm. right? In this particular workout. Sure. Right? Or sitting on the sidelines watching it For happen. Sure. Yep. And five meaning you feel like you're about to die. Yeah. Like you, there's no way you could pick up that weight again. There's no way you could go another three seconds on that treadmill or on that, uh, or on that, uh, skier or rower or whatever else that's five it's absolute all out max effort done failure where would you fall on that rpe scale so again i like one to five because if you tell me two then i know you're starting to feel this a little bit but that's about it right if you tell me three all right you're working it basically in my mind at about your 80 percent right if you told me Mm -hmm. four you're working at your 90 95 percent threshold here like this isn't going to last much longer sure and five means you're fucking dead yep like you're dead. You you probably couldn't even tell me, say the word five. Mm-hmm. You'd have to hold up five fingers because yeah. you're working that hard. Exactly. So maybe that gives some perspective to what RPE is. Okay. And so I think RPE is a little bit easier for a lot of people to kind of, kind of picture, but it's also very relative, sure. right? It's also very relative. Yeah. Um, but it's almost comparable when you look at like RIR and RPE are kind of, they can kind of feel similar if you're talking like a, a, yeah, a range for sure. in terms of uh, like intensity. Well, here's why, because we use them or the way they're both used is to know when to stop a set short of failure. Um, you know, people use RPE in the strength, the strength community. So powerlifters and Olympic lifters, especially because you don't want to be maxing out all the time, but you want to be getting within a percentage of that max. RIR and RPE or, or RP, RIR is similar because you're usually using it to stop a couple reps shy of failure. And so it's a way to quantify that so that your intensity of effort is standardized. Yeah. So from, from a programming perspective, if you're working off of a programming program that somebody's giving you, or you pulled, you know, off the internet, you're paying for or whatever else mm-hmm. and RPE is in there uh, or RIR is in yeah. there, there's some very, very specific information that you need to have to make that program worth whatever you paid for it or even doing, mm-hmm. right? Because if I don't know what failure looks like, how the hell am I going to know what my level five is mm-hmm. on an RPE yep. or my level or what my failure point is at a particular exercise sure. or a particular movement or yep. whatever it is that that's in my training program. It mm-hmm. could be, you know, could be an all out sprint again on the bike, or it could be, you know, a max squat, right? And then there's factors that we can maybe talk about for a little bit after that. So the point of this is, is if you're brand new to this, or if you've never been on any kind of a structured resistance training program or, or performance training program that has taken you through this periodization that we've talked about to be able to build up, to actually get to a point where it makes sense to push your max effort, right? So you've built a uh, uh, high level of uh, proprioception. You've mm-hmm. built a high level of neuromuscular uh, coordination and adaptation. Absolutely. You've built the uh, endurance. If I didn't say that already, you've built a, a level of confidence, right. Mm-hmm. To kind of understand yep. what that feels like internally, intrinsically. Like, yep. am I really working hard? Yeah. Am I not working hard? Have you pushed yourself over the edge? Being mm-hmm. honest with yourself. Yeah. Have you gotten to a point where you're like, uh, that was too much. I just threw up. That's yeah. too much. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like you, you, you crossed over, but yep. I think it's important. It's a learning experience. It's also a character builder. For sure. Right? Right? When you've taken yourself to to, to that point. Yeah. If you've not done those things, uh, working off from an RPE scale or an RIR scale really 
won't make any sense for you. So uh, how do you, how do you reasonably put together a program to, to then understand what RIR and RPE should and, and, and could mean to you? Sure. Um, well, personally, I like to use RIR a lot more if I use either of the two, um, just because at least in a bodybuilding context, I think it's easier to quantify based on number of reps um, because we can standardize things like the cadence of the rep. What's the tempo? You know, if every rep looks the same tempo wise, then you know what another rep is going to require out of you. Correct. Um, if I get somebody who's fairly new to lifting, I'll usually put them on a program where I'll say zero to one RIR is where they should terminate the set, meaning they should train until they either physically fail when they're attempting to complete the last rep, mm -hmm. or um, they are very, very sure that they wouldn't be able to complete another one. Or if they could, maybe one. Um, I do leave some wiggle room because usually for novice and even intermediate lifters, what they perceive is one rep shy of failure is actually like four or five yes. reps shy of failure. Yes. And there's also some truth to what they think because it depends on the exercise, you know? Yeah. Um, if you're using a free weight movement, especially one that's not like stabilized in any way, um, like a dumbbell chest press or, you know, squatting, things like that, yeah. squatting with a bar on your back, you may actually be about to fail, but you're not about to fail because the target muscles yeah. are unable to produce any more force. Yeah, you're yeah. about to fail because form breaks down. Yeah. Um, and so then we have to look at like, what is failure? We talk about mechanical failure or concentric failure, yes, exactly. Yeah. which to put simply mechanical failure is you can't complete the rep properly anymore, which is usually what we're talking about. Concentric failure is your muscles physically cannot produce force anymore, which mm -hmm. is usually not what we're talking about unless you're really advanced. That that's the important factor, right? Really so advanced. like if you stabilized your arm and went through like preacher bicep curl and you can't contract anymore, instead of going to barbell squat, right? where I go in and I'm now, you know, butt winking or, you know, flaring in from the ribs. I can't, but my quads aren't quads, glutes and hams can still can work. Still yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. you know, the whole coordination of the body. Right. Yeah. And strength level of the body, yeah. right? Because if, if that's the case, then we have work to do. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. On those weak links. On yeah. those weaker links, exactly. Full body. A lot of these things are full body exercises too, right? And I remember when I started bodybuilding, everything was broken down into muscle groups. And then uh, like when you're squatting, right? I would be like, oh, dude, like my back is weak. And like, I, I really couldn't hold the bar up so long, right? So I'd squat and then I'd go to the leg press to finish off, right? And then I didn't really want to focus on my squat. But when I did... Right. And focus on these full body exercises is I didn't have to do as much accessories. Right. And yeah. focus on the legs because I was now able to produce the, de the desired result within that exercise without failing from my spine. Right. Right. Something unrelated to what you were trying to target. Ex yeah, well, exactly. related, but yeah. not from a muscular or building or a power Roger. or whatever sense. Yeah. So I like what you said there about the RIR and what you like to program, particularly for your bodybuilders, because it's very measurable, mm -hmm. right? And just like RPE would be too, but RPE is really subjective. It, it's totally yeah. subjective. Yeah. Very, where, and you can't, basically you're going off of a feeling. I don't like it. Right. And so what are the things that would impact, right? Feeling Those, your rate of perceived exertion. Your rate of perceived exertion. So like we've talked about these things before and a lot of things can, can, it can impact that. Well, so just sleep. How much did you sleep last night? Or not. Or, yeah. yeah. If you were, are you lacking on sleep or was your sleep right. quality poor? You're probably 
going to have a harder time with loads that you would generally be able to lift with more ease. Absolutely. Um, if you didn't eat enough, or even if you're working out at a different time of day, if you usually work out in the evenings with four meals in you, and then you go and work out in the morning with only one meal in you, or God forbid you work out fasted in the morning, right? You're not going to feel as strong. And yeah, I just, uh, it was interesting because I have a, um, (laughs) one of our, one of our, well, somebody that's close to me is training for competition right now and trying to cram a lot of things in, into life and training as athletes will have to do. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was interesting because what's being used within the program right now is an RPE scale. Sure. And, uh, we're supposed to be tracking this stuff. Well, life is getting crazy. There's like a move happening in this person's life. Like there's a lot of things work. There's the training. There's trying to be social and have a life and all these things. So there was a training session that happened on like Thursday night, like the night before. Right. And it's like, man, I have all these things I need to do tomorrow and I want to do tomorrow. And so in order for me to do that now, I have to go back in uh, Friday morning in less than 24 hour turnaround. And I have to put in this, I have to put in this work. My RPE scale, right, or that person's RPE scale on Friday, right, after training like that, when they're usually training late afternoon evenings, is going to be way different. Yeah. And if you know that, then maybe you, you're almost you're okay with it. Exactly. You're okay. And you should be, right? Because you know how to work around that. Exactly. And, and but if you're not and you don't know, or you're at the beginning of a, a stages of a new training program, which is where this person yeah. is mm-hmm. on a period on a again, on a mesocycle to get them to competition in a short period of time, that's a poor play. Yeah. That is a very poor play because every training session counts all the time. But in this case, they really count maybe at a higher level because you're trying to find out what the baseline is Mm. in this program so that you can program appropriately on the way to the comp. So I was just kind of shaking my head going, this is, this is not good. Right. And, and uh, you know, uh, I saw that person later on Friday. I said, how was the, how was the workout? And they said, rough. It was a little rough. Yeah. I felt rushed. Right. There was that part of it, but that, that plays into RP as well. And it was a little rough. So anyway, point being, there has to be some consistency in your program over a longer period of time and on a daily, weekly basis uh, in order to understand what that RPE is and understand on a daily, weekly basis, your RPE is going to be impacted by, as you said, sleep or everything, yeah. Yeah, the, rest of of it, the rest of your life, the host of everything, uh, many things. Yeah. And at the end of the day, regardless of how you feel, you need to fucking train. You're in the, you're in the gym to train, train. So, right. so how do you get around this? So as a new person, what should I be focused on? If I'm really trying to push, I want to include some intensity, yeah. right? And again, that's what we're managing with the RPE scale, sure. right? Or RIR, what, what, what are some things that I can do to uh, help me understand better what my RPE is and in, in, in ultimately because it's going to change. Yep. Right. Should I be focused on that right now? Or what are the things that I can do along the way in my fresh in my new program to start to understand that better? Sure. Well, is this a completely new lifter? That's the question. Well, yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's, so this person is completely new. Well, so again, I opened up with the statements. Why, why, if you're new to this, mm-hmm. RIR and RP is worthless to you, or you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be thinking about it. It's not good advice. You can't get the most out of using it and it'll probably rob you of. I felt like shit when I, when I'm coming back and I feel weak, I I don't feel good the first weeks. Like I'm, I I am tired. I'm, I'm bogged down. I don't stop. And I focus on eating and food. And once you get into the routine, it's there. It's solid. Yeah. Get away from feelings, right? I don't get in, train, eat, focus on 
big blocks, get your water, get your sleep. Right. And with all of that, you're going to learn and start to understand, okay, this exercise is fucking hard for me. This one isn't, I'm going to focus on like, if you're snatching overhead, right. And you're like, I, over time, like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I feel better with three meals in me mm-hmm. in the morning. I really suck. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm weak or over time. It's like, I have to work out in the morning because of work. You get used to it. Mm-hmm. You get used to working out fasted. I work out fasted. Mm-hmm. I f- love it. Hmm. Phenomenal. Yep. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's like, I need three, four meals in me. Yeah. And so, you know, just thinking like that, um, just coming in and finding what works for you and you might have to juggle and try things and, and fuck up. Hey, right. this didn't work for me or I, I felt like shit today. Oh, and oh no, you have to fuck up. Yeah. But you I mean, still train, process, right? Yeah. Yeah. You still fucking train. But, but I think the point you're making is, is you're, 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 you're finding some consistency. And again, what kind of works best for you. Exactly. And you're keeping track of this. This is that. Yes. Yes. There can't be randomness. Yes. That's what I And an RPE say. scale. Yeah. So, well, so, so you can't have randomness. Yeah. I mean, in like your training, program your nutrition your sleep habits it should be consistent they, yes you can't have randomness and have rpe or rir you can't have rir but understand it's probably not going to be a true number yeah absolutely right? so without it without the consistency you need numerical you, you can't have your rpe frankly if you're a new person you should have you should not have randomness anyway because these are all new movements to you um, you need to put in some time to build the motor patterns that are these movements, right? If you've ever played a sport before, like let's say you play baseball, you practice swinging and you practice throwing. And if you're a pitcher, you practice throwing as a pitcher, you practice different throwing different types of balls. And over time you solidify those motor pathways. And so you're able to do them without having to think about it. If you play music, you practice scales and you do it slowly so you don't make mistakes until you can play those scales without thinking about it. You solidify that motor pathway. We want you to develop that. You want to develop that with every exercise you do, whether you're training to build big muscles or training to be really fucking strong. So when you go to the gym, if you are using a different chest pressing machine every fucking week, you're not building any neural pathway because you're doing a different movement every time. There can be benefit to that. Totally. Yeah. But- as a general rule, you want to pick a few movements for each muscle group and get really good at them over time. Right. Yes. It's called training. Yes. When I, and when yes. I say getting good at, I mean two things. I mean, getting really comfortable with the mechanics mm-hmm. so that you feel it the way you want to feel it every time. And every rep looks and feels exactly the same as the one before it. And getting good at pushing hard on it so that you learn how to train to what true failure is. Yeah. It's training. It's practice. It's practice. You're practicing it. And, and through that practice comes, uh, skill acquisition, right? And as you, and those skills and it's both hard skills and the soft skills of knowing and going back to what, what, where Jeff was there with your feelings, like what do these feelings really mean? What am I really feeling here? Right. Versus just having, you know, kind of this energy that you're trying to kind of keep track of. Mm. I think how do you do it as a new person? Well, first off, like I know it's really easy. Like when you're trying, it's not, it's not easy. Sorry. When you're trying to find the right fit for you, you're trying to jump into a new program. Um, you're trying to find the right gym, whatever it is. Like you often do go on feelings, Yeah. right? It's like, even if you have a little bit of exercise history, like you're walking back into the gym for the first time, or you're, you, you've been in it for a while and you're looking for a change. You're kind of looking for what feels good. And look, man, that's important. You know, like you, you want to, you want to feel good when you're there in your environment. Right. But at the same time, like that feeling those feelings can kind of get in the way of getting yourself onto a, 
what kind of honestly could be a little bit, feel like a little bit mundane. Like you need to be on an organized program, right? It should be fun for you, but you need to be able to look at it and see where am I going to be in, in a month? Mm-hmm. Where am I going to be generally speaking in two months? Cause I might not have all those answers, but I have this map kind of lined out in front of me so I can keep track of what I'm doing. I can get back on track when I get off track. Cause that shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and take a hard look at what I, what I am achieving and what I'm not achieving. And then you're giving yourself or your coach or, you know, whoever your training partner, a platform to start having these conversations about what your RPE maybe is or should be for sure. And your RIRs and, and then, how to adjust the program accordingly. So when you're looking at, when you're looking at your fitness program, again, if you're one of those uh, people that just like to kind of go with what's, you know, you have a membership in three different places and I do yoga on Fridays and then I go to, you know, orange theory over here and I do that circuit circuit workout over there. And then I go to the gym two times a week. And then occasionally I'll get into that cycling class up the, up the way. There's nothing wrong with that. But within that, if you're, if you're talking about RPE, mm. like, well, that's going to be all over the map. Yeah. So when you, it's particularly within your, within your, your exercise training program or resistance training program, sorry. So I, again, is it, is it shitty advice? I don't think it's shitty advice. I think it's probably shitty timing of where you'd be entering or where you'd be starting to play around with the RPE if you're in the beginning right. stages or you're jumping back into it. Because RIR and RPE are meant to manage fatigue. And frankly, if you're a beginner, you don't need that yet because the ceiling or the floor, I'm sorry, is so low. low. Yeah. You could do like one hard set per exercise each workout for multiple weeks and you'll grow fantastically. Um, If you've been training for, you know, eight plus years, the ceiling is much higher. And so then you do need to manage fatigue because not only is a ceiling for gains higher or for how much you need to do minimum to achieve gains, but the ceiling for the maximum that you're able to do is also very close to that. And so you don't want to jump all the way up to here, uh, right. you know, so you want to spend time in this very low range that you have to work with. But again, beginners, they have no idea. Yeah. So, because well, yeah, they don't know the movement. And so that's also when they're first starting too. you're looking at nutrition, they don't need as much carbs post-workout, right? right. They're so, not eliciting the same amount of damage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As, as let's say you and me squatted, someone else squatted. It looks the same. It's the same number. I'm soup. I'm more efficient. I cause more damage. This person has to do five or six sets to get the same amount of, of stimulus because they're not activating properly. Right. right? So that's another, it's, it's another way to look at kind of entering into it. And we're starting to talk about very nuanced things. Yeah. And these are important training uh, variables that go into any training program. So I guess the advice would be, it's not that RPE isn't important. No, it's not that it's terrible advice. Just might be not so great advice for you right now. For that population. Yeah. For that particular population right now. And the things that you can do to get to a point where that really makes more sense yeah. is get yourself on an organized program and think when I say that, like a little bit longer term program, at least three months. Yeah. At yeah. least three months of programming to where you can track and get a better understanding. And you're going to have to do another three months Mm -hmm. and then another three months after that. And if, and and you might be getting, like, if you're just kind of re-entering into this, the first month, there's not going to be any RP programming in there. Like if if you're getting a program from Red Dot Fitness, whether it be online or in person here, you're not getting RPE from us if if you're just jumping back in, in the first month, maybe even six weeks, unless you're coming to us with an exercise history and you've got a high level of knowledge of kind of where your, where your, your ceilings are. Absolutely. But it's going to take some time for us to get there. And then we're going to program that stuff in. We're going to play around with it. Right. It's not going to happen right away. Yeah. You know, a lot of the fitness programs that I've seen 
really don't even have RP scale and I, I, I don't use it for myself. Never have never. I mean, it's just when I get under the bar and I'm there, I know what failure feels like for me. Right. Yeah, and we, that's experiential. Right. Yeah. And I'm now going to go and I'm, I'm lifting train short to of that, failure. Yeah. You're right? going to train to that short level. Of that feeling. Right. Um, on that day, I might feel like shit and I'm going to do the same thing that I did on the other day. Guess what? I might be a little weaker, but I'm, I'm still going to try to push it to whatever the threshold right? because is. I'm training. Like that's the whole thing that I'm tra- like, yeah, they are the RPE thing to, to Kayla's point is about managing the recovery yeah. yeah, and where this stuff really started to come into play is in weightlifting and powerlifting yeah. Oh, yeah. because of the programming, the way it's being delivered to the athletes, and getting up to the competition, especially yeah, in, a, in a peaking. Exactly. Format yeah. Like yeah. That. So that's For where sure. it came from. And it's been brought into more yeah, of, like you know, your everyday fitness yeah. or your everyday fitness program and people are talking about it and it's, and I'm seeing it programmed and we utilize it even mm-hmm. for our non-athlete you know, yeah. clients, uh, because it, it does serve a purpose. Yeah. It's particularly when they're doing it on their own. And as a coach, you, you want to know what their, what their perception is of what it's something that's right? important. It's yeah. something better than that, better than having nothing. It's just when you program it in and how you get that feedback and where you're collecting that feedback from. So, cause like for me with my clients, sometimes I'll say, Hey, hey like, you know, give me a number, how hard that right. is. Right. I'll, I'll listen to what they say. I'm also watching their body mechanics right. and everything. Right. And you know, I might push them a little bit when they tell me that it's, Oh, it's, it's, that's a four. No, it's not. No, it isn't. And yeah. I'm going to put right. But that, that's on the coach. And, but that'll also tell you where they think their four is. Exactly. So if you're giving them workouts to take it home, they're saying, exactly. Oh man, that was really hard. I was at a four. You know, they're probably more like a two or a three. Exactly. Yep. And so you can program accordingly, which yes. could be like, I want you to do this many reps. So I'm in, in the coach's head. They're, they're taking the feedback and they're doubt. They're going, uh, this person's like, they're under, reporting right where their actual exertion level is. And as a result, I am going to program accordingly. Exactly. Thank you for tuning into this episode of iron sites. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.